welcome to Oh, The People You'll Meet. My name is Stephanie Richardson, and I am so glad that you joined our podcast. I started this podcast because I meet people in the most random places, whether it's the airport, the um, it's the grocery store, it's coffee shop, uh, kids sporting events, church, wherever. And I meet some of the coolest people. And as I meet them, I hear their stories and their stories inspire me. They encourage me and they just show that God is near. He's present. He loves us. And he just uses those stories to, to say, Hey, Stephanie, you can do it. I'm here with you every step of the way. And so I just, I wanted to share those stories with you. And so that's why I started this podcast. And so I'm so excited um, that you're here to join us today. We are, um, we are going to talk to Miss Kylie uh, Washington and Kylie and I met, we'll share how we met through football, um, football moms, but more specifically through locker room prayer moms Mm -hmm. um, and coming from um, being in a public school to coming to Liberty Christian and um, having that opportunity to pray in the Mm -hmm. locker room every Friday was just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And coming from um, kind of a a scared point in my life, I think, because um, we you know, kind of followed, like just asked the Lord that we could move back and he opened all the doors, but just having that guilt of like, am I doing the right thing to my kid moving him as a junior in high school and one as a freshman, like moving them back to Texas and away from their friends and, Mm -hmm. and also just the fear of like, Lord, am I in your will? You know? And so there was a lot of stuff playing. And so coming to pray every Friday over the locker room where the boys, you know, with football and stuff, I was like, overwhelmed a lot, cried a lot, (laughs) but but the Holy Spirit just really met me there and comforted me and then comforted me through, you know, Jake getting hurt, you know, junior, Mm -hmm. sophomore year and getting hurt junior year and senior Mm -hmm. year, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, those times like in that locker room were just so sweet and those sweet relationships. And, and you just did such a great job of being obedient to that and, and creating such a sweet spirit in that room, um, of worship and prayer and just really putting aside like our mama bear instincts, you know, because we Mm -hmm. want to fix all the things and, you know, the disappointments that happen in football seasons um, and with our kids and wanting to fix those things, but just like bringing them to the Lord. And that was such a sweet time for, yeah. So um, maybe they'll let us go borrow the locker room sometime, but it really smells it does. Because you kind of forget, like, after five minutes. <laughs> but when you, you know, walk in, it's I just mean, like, it is. I we mean, tried everything charcoal. Yeah, and Febreze didn't yeah, even Febreze. work. Like, nothing worked. It smelled so, so bad. bad. <laughs> so oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really amazing that it, they didn't notice it, right? You know, or yeah, they care. Boys. Yeah, they're just stinky. They're just like that. Um, okay, so let's start with your story a little bit. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and kind of how you grew up. Okay. Um, I grew up in Nebraska. I don't know how much of my story you actually know. Yeah, I know some, but I, yeah. Um, a small town. It's named is Kearney. It's about 30,000 people when the university is in session. Um, oh, yeah. My friend, her kid goes there. Oh, really? Nebraska. Yeah, he plays soccer for them. Uh, university of Nebraska at Kearney? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That's yeah, so yeah. funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's a small town. The college is kind of the anchor there. There's, you know, the college and the hospital because it's the middle of the state. It's kind of small. Uh-huh. Mostly white. Yeah. Very homogenous. It's a, it's a great little town to grow up in, though. But my parents, um, you know, are still married to this day. My grandparents live there. They've been each married, each, both of them, 65 years. Wow. Um, Almost, I think, longer than that now. But um, I had four brothers. 
only girl, second in line. So I wasn't picked on. I was more of uh, the caretaker. You're kind of took yeah. over, especially the oldest brother picked on me. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I went to Catholic school. I had a class of 29 in my, you know, in my high school class was 29. I went to um, grade school in elementary school in um, public, uh-huh. and then about I think sixth grade I moved over to Catholic school. And uh, it was rough, off and on. Girls weren't very good. So it's like all girls school, or is it like a mix? No, it was mixed. Yeah, it was just the. Is the. It's funny. It's the Catholic school that my dad's family went to. So my dad is one of nine. They all went there, and so like you. That was. That's what you do, right? Yeah. So my main name was Methy, and everyone knew the Methy kids were going to come through, and so, um, it was a good school, but there was a lot of challenges. Like having twenty nine kids in class, um, limits your exposure to friends and so because if you don't like these people there's not other options yeah. to go to and I kind of noticed yeah. that liberty too like because you know going to a smaller school like you it's definitely limited like yeah. if you if, you know if you have a bad see a b- yeah. bad group of kids you're kind of in trouble yeah right? yeah well and if something happens everybody knows about it yeah you know everyone has an opinion so I mean it was a it was a it was not a bad place to grow but it was also had its challenges so I was picked on a lot by girls. Yeah. A lot of bullying. Because you're bullied so in the bathroom. Because <laughs> you so... don't know about that. Um, I was bullied in the bathroom like for two years by a set of girls that just met me every day. I went and they told me they were going to beat me up. And um, my dad finally encouraged me to stand up to myself. And so I did. And then they stopped. And um, there was a lot of things that happened. So it kind of just set me up to get into a, a relationship that wasn't good. Um, and he ended up being abusive emotionally and then eventually physically, not for very long. Cause, um, I happened to meet my husband okay. who my now husband, um, actually on the night I was going to go meet my boyfriend. We were off and on for like two years, uh, my freshman, sophomore year, um, in high school, he was from another country and, um, he was a foreign exchange student at our school. And so we had been off and on because he like liked other girls. He was just, if I think back on it, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, Isn't that weird how, why as girls, like, why would we allow that? Yeah. Isn't it weird? Yeah. When you look back yeah. and you're like, I wish I wouldn't allow that. Yeah. And my mom was my best friend. My dad. You was had a great relationship yeah. with your family. I was surrounded like- by good men. I mean, a lot of good men in my life that, um, you know, I loved Jesus. I spent time in my Bible every day. You know, it was like, I was that girl. But still, I got kind of wound up into that bad in relationship. Yeah. So, but my mom's a praying mom. And I think she probably prayed this instance to happen with my current husband. We were, I was on my way to um, meet my boyfriend, like I said. And then uh, I picked up my best friend at a friend's house. And she's like, I got to um, use my brother's car that night because he had like, a Thunderbird. Do you remember Thunderbird? Yes. He had a Thunderbird and it was like tinted windows and he had put like a subwoofer in. It was a super cool car. Yeah. Well, he was at school in Lincoln, University of Lincoln, University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And he let me use his car for the night. So I was like, work. I mean, this is it. Right. And so, um, I picked her up. She's like, let's drag me. And so in small towns, I don't know. Are you, did you grow up in a small town? I grew up in Houston, but I, okay. Of, like, so in small towns, there's main street. And everyone who can't go to the bars 
So if you're under that age, you will go cruise Maine. That's like okay, that's a rite of passage. That's like the thing. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it was like six blocks. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you turn around and you go back. So you're going like two miles an hour and you're one car's <laughs> going this way. That one's going that way. You'll hit a stoplight because you know, they don't, they don't sync up. Yeah. And you'll see who's in the car next to you. And if they're cute, you know, you like holler at them or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. I'm sure there's many marriages out of this situation, including my own. And so, um, I was with a friend and I really didn't want to go. I was really interested in getting to the, the, the boyfriend, but she insisted. And so we went down, we were about two blocks in and she, she yelled across me, um, to the car. There's a little red car right next to us. I had two guys in it. All I saw was one really big black guy and it was a little red car. So it was kind of odd, you know, it just didn't look right. And she was like, George. And, um, and my future husband or my husband now leaned up from the back, like he was laying on, he leaned up and looked and, um, she's like, come meet us at IGA. So, um, once you connect on main street, you go to the local grocery store. Okay. Parking lot, parking so lot. you can talk. Okay. And so we go to the parking lot and, um, George comes, big George goes around to my friend's side and little George, we called him, I mean, regular size George, because big George was big. He was a big fan. He um, came to my window and he knocked on it. And I was like, I'm not really interested. I don't want to roll my window down. Oh, you didn't even roll it down. Mm-mm. And he knocked again. He's like, come on. He's like, come on, just talk to me. And I was like, I know how you all are. Cause I, cause I was dealing with my boyfriend currently was black and okay. George was black. So I'm putting the two together. Like, well, I'm dealing with this guy and he's black and he's a player and he's mean and you know, we're off and on and all of that. And you're black. So I think you guys are probably about the same. Yeah. So we're going to uh, pass on this one. He insisted, uh, married to him for 22 years now. He's still this way. <laughs> he's very persistent, uh, in the best way possible. I rolled down my window and, uh, I don't really remember what we talked about, but the store manager came out and kicked us out of the parking lot. <laughs> so we went to a side street, you know, and parked again, and then we switched cars. So, Shane, my friend, went into George, Big George's car, and then the other George came to my car. And um, we were just talking. I think we talked for at least an hour or two. I don't even remember what we really talked about. And I was still kind of like, mm. I mean, I thought he was cute. Don't get me wrong. He's very yeah. cute. But um, I said, um, well, you know, if, if you're interested, you can call me tomorrow by noon and I'll talk to you. And we didn't have cell phones then, right? No. So um, the next day rolls around and I um, go to a basketball game with my friend and I get back just in case he calls. I get back on time home and he called at 1159, which is how he is to this day. Very proud. <laughs> yeah. He does what he says he's going to do. And so all that to say, we dated for about a year and a half. Um, and lots of things happened in that time frame. With my friends just weren't super nice to me at the time. My um, best friend that we actually were together when we met, um, ended up turning my friends against me. So when I went to school, no one talked to me my senior year. Why did they turn against you? I don't, you know, I don't know what it was. I mean, you know, when you're high school, you just don't, I mean, I probably would have done the same. And there was 29, 29, 29. Yes. You know, and we were all close and, 
Um, I don't know why exactly it happened. I think that she probably was mad because I spent a lot of time with him and not much time with her. No. Yeah. You know how we are yes. as girls. We are not. And I don't, I don't hold any, I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. I probably would have done the same thing. So, so it's kind of lonely for you. Yeah. So I, my mom was my best friend. She picked me up for lunch most days or met me for lunch and talked me through it. And, um, she got the principal to let me graduate early. So I did all the work and graduated my mid semester. So December, right. I finished all my work. And, um, I think some of that, so I was the girl in school who was, um, the abstinence girl. Like I was like, you shouldn't have sex until you're married. Like we shouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. my parents had had, I did a talk on abortion actually in, I think seventh grade, maybe. And my dad had a talk with me about you know, sex and the whole thing and why we wait and all that. And it just really made an impact on me. And I was like, I'm going to wait. And, um, I didn't have like a, a good why I had this wrong. And so I was kind of holding on to that. And, um, when everything kind of fell apart and I didn't have friends and it was just George and I, and we hung out a lot and put ourselves in a lot of compromising positions that, aren't necessarily conducive to waiting. Right. Right. Uh, we just ended up having sex one day and I lost my virginity and I got pregnant. The first time. Condom broke. If that's not too much information, <laughs> but we did try, you know, you tried to be safe and, yeah. and it broke and, and that's my oldest. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you're, 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 how did that conversation go with your parents? Like, Okay, so when we um, actually, when it all happened, I, I got super sad, and George was like, "We should pray this. This feels after off. you had right had after, sex. Yeah. right after you had sex, yeah." And I, I was crying because I felt so bad that I had hadn't stuck with what I said right. I was going to do, and I think I felt some guilt. I grew up in a, a denomination that maybe encouraged some some of that, and just kind of held you to the rules, and. Um, Anyway, so we went to church, but he didn't want to go to a denominational church. And I didn't really want, like, we were trying to find where we could both go. So we went to a non-denominational church in town and and just asked for prayer. And then, uh, you know, waited until I missed my period. I took four, I took five pregnancy tests, actually. Four were negative because I didn't realize you had to wait until after because I was only 18. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I can so, like, tell. So thought you were, I mean, like. I could just, well, my mom always said, my mom's, so I have one of five. Right. My grandmother has nine. She's like, you're very My mom's fertile. like, you're fertile. Like you're, you know, you need to be careful. Yeah. You're fertile. And so as soon as that, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom said, you know. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> and so I took four and they were negative and, it's, and I took the fifth and. Sure enough, I was pregnant. And so to answer your question, I told George, I could, I didn't, I couldn't tell my parents. I was like, I can't tell them. And he's like, they need to know. And I'll tell them for you. And so he actually typed up a little presentation on the computer. And is he um, your age? Same age? Yeah. He's Same a year grade. older than me. Okay. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. And he was at the public school. I was at the private school. He went to the public school. He's actually from Chicago. And so he just moved into Kearney. Um, his sophomore year of high school. So um, at this time he would have been a freshman in college and he was living at a friend's house and I was a senior, but I was out of school, but still in that senior semester. And so um, 
he typed it up and we joked today because he gives presentations for a living <laughs> and he says this is his first one. We joke about it as a family. That's probably everything. his hardest one he's ever had. And yeah. you, I mean, after you do that presentation, all of them are downhill, yeah. right? I mean, it's just so easy. Maybe that's why he never gets nervous when right. he talks, right? He did the worst one. <laughs> right. Right, right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we went up to their bedroom and... Um, I mean, he went into their territory and everything. It was really impressive thinking back on it, right? Um, but he just told them. I looked at the floor the entire time. I couldn't. I just couldn't look up. And at the end, they were super calm. My parents are great parents. Um, you know, they love us just relentlessly. But um, they were obviously disappointed and sad. And um, my mom was crying. And they're like, well, we need to go figure it out at the doctor and all that. So, um, you know, it took about two, three weeks of some grieving and then they got right on board and I lived at home for a while and we got married when actually he proposed in a trailer cause he lived in a trailer yeah. during college, like a trailer home. Yes. Um, that my dad had found for him and I had been working all day. I was like eight, eight months pregnant and he proposed that that night when I got back from work Yeah. and I was going over to visit him and he proposed and we got married when Javon was seven months old. Oh my goodness. And you were married 22 years, right? 22 years this year. Yeah. This year will be 22 years. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So what is that like? Um, I mean, obviously, was it more the fact that did any of the race part come into that play or was it just more the fact Funny that not, like, no, didn't No, My family, um, raised me to be just love everybody. Yeah. Um, I actually am writing our story and I went back and interviewed my grandparents to find out like, how did you feel about that, that time? And, um, I come to find out they had friends in their lives that were different colors that I didn't ever see, but that had impacted them. And, um, they're so, um, just loving and accepting of everybody, you know, it did. So the race was never an issue, not even a blip on the map. No, not for That's my family. That's so awesome. No. And so here you are, you have a baby and your husband's in school. Mm-hmm. And so how do y'all make things work? Like it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Um, so I was in school too. So I went to the kind of the deal with my parents was if I graduated early, I had to go right into college. And so um, I went to college while I was pregnant. And then I actually walked the stage in my high school to graduation pregnant. I danced my last dance recital pregnant. Um, but you couldn't tell. I mean, I was young and like right. six months pregnant, so yeah. you couldn't, couldn't tell. Um, and then um, he would work all day and then, no, he would go to class all day and work all night at the beginning. So we were both in class. We were both kind of doing like college students and we just balanced the baby at night, you know, my parents were super helpful. Cause y'all were in the same town with your family. So yeah. they could kind of help with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. The first six months I lived at home because we never lived together before we got married. And so I lived at home with my parents. So that helped because mm-hmm. I was in and out of the house and my mom was gracious enough to watch Javon, even though my youngest um, brother was only 11. So my mom was still raising kids um, at home. I had three of my brothers, I think were still at home. So Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was hard. It was a challenge, just the timing and being so young Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to be married and 
um, raise a kid at the same time. And then you're um, like, yeah, I mean, being young, you're like growing up, but then you're growing up together, but then you also have a, a kid yeah, in the mix. Like yeah. that's just so hard. And yeah. you're 18. I don't know how I did it. I don't, I'm surprised he's alive actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had Will when I was 26 and I was like, I'm sorry, you're letting him go home with me. I, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, you cannot let him go home with yeah. me. Yeah. I think the advantage to being young is you're so naive yeah. that you really don't even, I mean, I don't, I didn't even give it a second thought, honestly. You're just like, got a baby. Yeah. Yeah. We're so excited. We have a baby. <laughs> this is so fun. You know? And then you're like, poor, and yeah. you have a baby, and you go <laughs> yeah. to school, yeah. and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had, you had Ebony, like, right after that, right? Yeah. So, um, we got married when Javon was seven months, and then I think, like, two months later, we got pregnant again. Cause it's fun, right? This is fun. Oh my gosh. I, I remember the conversation we said, oh, Javon's getting salty. Like he doesn't look like a baby anymore. This, we should do this again. And that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? Well, no, yeah. because your husband deals in finances. So you would think he'd be yeah. like, that was not the most financial. Right. Well, at the time he was just, he was studying real estate, I think. And he was working as a janitor. Yeah. yeah. At night. Yeah. At the public schools. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We all living in that trailer? No, he moved out of that. He actually lived in my parents' basement or stayed in my parents' basement a lot. I'm down there with my brothers, actually, um, for probably three months before Javon was born. So Because. Yeah, it, it wasn't a very cozy. It wasn't a nice. Yeah. It was kind of. So y'all had, so. You have two kids now. And when do you finish school? Like about that same time? Or? So um, once I um, was pregnant with Ebony, I was about eight months pregnant. I was cleaning houses and he was going to school. I was going to school and cleaning houses and he was going to school still. Um, and we decided he needs to get an actual job because this isn't working. Like financially, it's not going to work for us to both be full-time students. So he got a full-time job as a sales rep selling postage machines. Postage machines. Yeah. Yes. You know, like the ones that stand, like you can say, yes. you know, like Liberty has yeah. them where you can, it like prints the stamp uh -huh. on He would laugh at me for the way I described that. <laughs> but anyway, um, he traveled all over Nebraska selling those and then went to school at night. And so he would get up in the morning. He might have a two hour drive, go sell his machines, come home and then go to class. And so I didn't really see him. That was probably the hardest time for us because I was, I was alone. I was home alone. But two kids. Yeah. And so that happened right before, I think right before or right around I had, when I had Ebony and we decided that it was like, I couldn't go to school and he goes to school. One of us had to choose. And so I actually dropped out of school and he continued. He finished school. Yeah. And so, so I was the cheerleader. You were the cheerleader on the side. Yeah. And, um, so how did, so so how long did y'all do that for? Um, so his last, I want to say two years, cause we got, we had Andre then while he was still, I'm sorry, you had three <laughs> children. Yeah. And so when he was a senior in college, when he graduated college, I was nine, nine, no, I was yeah, cause they're really close very age. pregnant with Andre. I remember the picture. I don't remember how pregnant, but yeah. And then you're I had like, Andre. This is smart to have three kids. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you're young, you just don't. And I'm not good at math anyway. And so. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, um, yeah, 
three mouths to feed. Yeah. And let's yeah. have three in diapers. Right? I mean, you had to have had two in diapers. Yeah. Well, I had three in diapers at one time. Three? Yeah. Because they're that close in age. That close. And then, I mean, I, was, I wasn't good at potty training. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So he graduates from college and mm-hmm. you have three babies. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So he got a job actually with Edward Jones, uh-huh. which is a financial advising firm. Um, but that's kind of like, that business is like no commission, yeah. like no, no income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he I made was a great job, but you, I yeah. mean, it's zero dollars yeah. when you get started. So his, when he was a sales person at, um, the postage machine, mm-hmm. he was making was it very, Bows? No, it was, what was uh, it? cause I remember that it was their competitor. Can you believe I can't remember? That doesn't matter. Anyway. But I remember this. Yeah. Penny Bowes was his competitor. Um, he made a lot. He made good money. When he was in sales? Yeah. He, he was made good, good at money. It. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we were doing fine. And then, but we didn't save because we were young. Yeah. And you had three babies. Had three How babies. do you save when you have three in diapers <laughs> right? and formula yeah. and you're not working? <laughs> right. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, so... He ended up getting a job with Edward Jones and we thought, well, he was so good at selling postage machines. And, um, my dad's, one of my dad's friends is, um, well known at Edward Jones and he kind of helped him get on board with Edward Jones and encouraged him and all of that. And so you get to kind of pick where you want to go with Edward Jones. And we, so we picked Colorado. We picked, uh, Littleton actually. Really? Yeah. Um, his office was in the tech center. I don't remember what part of town that is, but yeah. But you know where it's mm-hmm, at, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and so when Andre was born, uh, I want to say like that next week or two after he was born, George left for training and I packed the apartment by myself. And you moved to Colorado. Yeah. Knowing no one. Knowing no one. I broke my mom's heart, which I still feel oh, bad about today. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you're her best friend. And I didn't even think about it. I mean, that's how. Now you do. Now right? that yeah. now he's off at college. I know. You're like, wow, how could you leave? <laughs> I know. I'm like, why so is this such a big deal? We'll talk on the phone. And, yeah. It's but I, I don't even think it was me. I think it was the grandbabies that we. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 So. That's how my mother-in-law felt when we moved to Colorado. She was like, yeah. what? You're leaving 12 hours away and you were yeah. five minutes from me. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. So, so you moved to Colorado and he starts his job and I mean. How, how did that go? Um, so that was probably the job of Edward Jones for him was probably the hardest time of our life. I would say. Why was that? Um, well you go into a job, so you get a little bit of security at the beginning. You get like, um, like a salary, like a draw kind kind of of at the beginning. Yeah. I'm surprised you even get that, but yeah. Yeah. You do get, you get a little bit. Um, to kind of get you going. And he took over an existing office. Okay. And so that helped too. Right. Um, but we only had one car because in um, Nebraska, when he worked for the postage machine company, they gave him a company car. Okay. And so we just had one car. When we moved out there, I mean, we didn't want to buy another car and get another car payment and uh, all those things. So we lived in Littleton. Don't ask me why we did this. And he drove to the tech center every day. So I was at home with three littles and no car every single day. And it was like maddening. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love my kids and I loved being at home. But they're little. I mean, they're like, what? How far apart are they? Two years uh, each? No. Ebony and Javon are 17 months apart. And then Andre's 22 months after Ebony. So they're like, you have three kids under the age of four, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. God. 
gosh. Yeah, Javon was, it was like three, um, three, two, and 18 months. Or No, he uh, wasn't even that. He wasn't even that. He was just a baby. So three, two, and three months, maybe. Just so little. Yeah. But like maddening. So when well, you yeah, did your know time, like how, you didn't know anyone, you didn't have a car, so what did yeah. you do all day? Uh, play, you know, by the time you get up, get everyone, you know, fed and then nap time. And then we did live in a cute little apartment, like on the foothills uh-huh. in Littleton. And so we would go outside and go to the little park and I was just enamored with the mountains. So we'd just yeah. sit there and the weather there is just amazing. Yeah. So that part wasn't so bad. And then we moved, we, um, somehow God gave us some favor and we got a, a townhome that was bigger um, from a couple that was so sweet to, to rent it to us for a really good price. And, um, I think for George, it was hard because he, um, he was knocking on doors and, um, I, I, you know, being a black man knocking on doors in an, in an affluential neighborhoods poses its own challenges. Yeah. And, um, he, I don't, when you meet him, you don't see that initially because it's just not, it's just not how he carries himself. But um, it had its own challenges. And so shortly after we got there, like I want to say a year we were in that job, 9-11 happened. And um, then, you know, no one was doing anything. Right. And and everything dried up. Our, about the same time, our um, salary went away. And, I mean, we were in dire straits, <laughs> you know. We did apply for food stamps. Mm-hmm. And got them. Um, my parents helped us a lot. I called my dad and asked for help, which was hard because yeah. I, you know, it's hard to call back home and be right. like, "We're trying to make it on our own. We're, we've got this. We got this. <laughs> oh, we're not three kids eat. under the end of three. We got yeah. this. No big deal. Yeah. And my parents are so amazing. They just kind of let us, you know, like let us figure it out. But they would help us before we drown, you know. And um, it was so sweet of them to do that. So yeah, we went on food stamps. And for me, it was just lonely. Like it was the loneliest I think I've ever felt in my life was because he was working and he was trying so hard to, to make it happen. And he was doing nighttime networking things. Yeah. You know, however, Jones yeah. is kind of that way you get into the community and that's how you meet your clientele and all right. of that. And I was at home and we still were with one, you know, one car. And so, um, actually I think for? at that time we about that time we bought another car. I, it felt like an eternity. I can't even, I don't even remember maybe a year. Yeah. Maybe. And so what turned around? How did it turn around? So, um, financial, as a financial advisor, he used to have wholesalers come into his office and I used to say, you'd be so good at that. You should consider that. He's like, oh, I'd never do that. What's a wholesaler when they do? So it's kind of like a drug rep that goes okay. into um, doctor's offices uh-huh. and they'll sell the drug to the doctor. Okay. Um, he sells their, fi- wholesalers sell their financial product okay. for the financial advisor to sell to the client. Okay, yeah. And so um, I was like, you'd be so great at this. And he's like, ah, I'd never. Because Edward Jones, he's like, there's no plan B. You go in and if you have plan B, then it won't work. you got to be all in. Right. This is your this is your plan for the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 And he was all in. Because you're building your own business. Yeah. Right? It's your own. Yeah. yeah. And about that time, I got a job at Ann Taylor. So I was working nights. So he would work all day. He would come home and I would work at night, um, sometimes till 10 or 11 or 12. And then we'd do it every single day. Um. So I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he ended up applying for an internal wholesaler position in Colorado that came open. So that's kind of like the wholesalers 
partner or not really assistant, but that's who sets their appointments and uh-huh. all of that. And so he got it. He went in and got the job and um, it provided an, a salaried income where we were, you know, set and stable. And um, we moved one more time closer to work, uh, another apartment and um, things seemed to be turning around. It, it you know, it got better because yeah. we had, we were figuring out how to budget and all that. And then um, he is um, one of the most relentless people in the best way I know. I mean, he's he really is amazing at how he goes out of task in a job, and he just gives everything that he has. And I think that he got recognized for that at work, and um, he applied for an external position, which is a promotion, and um, got it after asking for it over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we moved to Michigan. And then everything kind of, you know, evened out from there. You know, it kind of just got easier, I guess, in a sense, because we had, it felt like everything was working out because we got to buy a house and, um, you know, all of those things kind of lined up. And what brought you to Texas? So another promotion at work was, um, he went from being one kind of a wholesaler, which is, um, like they call them fixed wholesalers. It's just the product, different product he applied for. Um, a job that opened here. Actually, funny story. He applied in Kansas. This is funny how God always steps in when, like it says in the Bible that your steps are ordered, you know? And um, even if you make a mistake, I think sometimes we pray and we're just like, oh, I hope I don't, like, God, am I supposed to take this step? Should I do? We weren't doing that. Like, I'll be completely candid. We yeah. love Jesus, but we were not asking him for direction. And, um, we were just kind of following the steps. We were really chasing the dream of trying to make a lot of money. I right. mean, if I'm being completely yeah. transparent. Um, and so we went after the job in Kansas, which is the one that opened. We would have lived in Kansas city. He would have had the entire state of Kansas, which means he would have had to drive and cover that whole state. We knew it was a risk. Um, just on our marriage, it would be a risk because he'd be gone so much. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm with three kids and I'm going back facing this kind of loneliness mm-hmm. idea again. We took it. We took the job. Uh, he interviewed for it. He got it. We took it. And um, right around that exact same time, I think it was within the week or two, um, Texas opened and someone called him. One of his bosses called him and said, do you want Texas? And he said, yes. Funny enough, like before he did the Kansas job, Pastor Robert, who's a pastor at Gateway Church here, mm-hmm. he visited our church in Michigan. And I leaned over to George and I thought, he's so funny. I was like, I want to go to his church someday. And we ended up getting relocated to this area. So as soon as he got the job here, we found the gateway. We kind of made a circle and bought a house within a decent drive to gateway. To gateway. It was like based on your, you yeah. decided to, you decided to build your house or find your yeah. house based on how close yeah. it was to gateway. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so, yeah. So how old are the kids and y'all move back to Texas? Um... Javon was in fourth grade. Evan was in third grade. And Andre was in first grade. They're little yeah. still. When they get yeah. Them. They were excited. They were so happy. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Um, so bringing y'all back here and, and that whole thing with, you know, your being in the church and like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of help your marriage or hurt your, like what kind of y'all gone through since you've been here back in Texas with you, you kind of alluded to kind of chasing money, you yeah. know? And so mm-hmm. that's kind of changed, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Yeah. the chasing the money and kind of how did that kind yeah. of 
Um, so in Colorado, you know, you go from having nothing and all you can think about is having something. Yes, right. Right. Like, I just want to not eat on the dollar menu. Right. You know, <laughs> yes. like we would, we'd go to church and after church, we would eat on the dollar menu at Wendy's. Um, but our church in Colorado was, uh, you've heard of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. preaching. It was like the, it was that on steroids. Yeah. It, it was very much, um, a lot of manipulation and stuff like that. But we, we still learn that God still honored our sewing and our giving. We learned to tithe there, uh-huh. which is a really big deal for us. And I think that honestly, when we learned to tithe, um, it started to kind of pull that root of, um, chasing money out mm-hmm. because it gives, it makes us, you know, give back what doesn't belong to us. And it kind of just keeps you in perspective. Like this isn't mine to begin with. Right. Um, so when we got here, you know, we got the dream house, you know, the, the big, um, big for me anyway, big dream house and everything we wanted. And, you know, the income was taking off. And, um, I think that it's just been a process. I don't, I can't think of like a defining moment, mm-hmm. but, um, you do get it. And we've had many conversations where we've said, you know, we were just as happy with nothing, mm-hmm. you know, as we have been with a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to cry. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, but we really do like that, like money really doesn't buy you happiness. Yeah. It just really doesn't. And yeah. so, um, we, um, have just grown closer to the Lord. I think a lot of it has been gateway teaching, honestly, because yeah. he teaches a lot about, um, you know, the blessed life and tithing and giving and all those things. And, um, and the closer you grow with the Lord, the, the less money just really matters. You know, right. it's just, you can see it's a tool for the kingdom to advance and, um, I may, maybe the final straw would be selling my house. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. <laughs> so how did that come about selling the house? Um, so the Lord talks to me a lot and, um, about 2014, I felt a prompting that we were supposed to sell. And I, I felt like the Lord asked me, would you give this house up? And I, in, I mean, this sounds ridiculous because it's just a house, right? First world problems, but um, I was bawling. I was like, of course, I give you anything, I, whatever you ask. And this is after years of, you know, spending time with him and cultivating a relationship with him and, and all of these things. Um, he didn't just do it right off the bat. Right, like, right. give me everything you have. You know, it was a very gentle, <laughs> Let me sweet... make you, maybe make you miserable. Yeah. yeah. Right now. I'm going to punish you. <laughs> it, it wasn't really that. It was just kind of like, I've got bigger things for you. You know, mm-hmm. would you be willing to give this up and trust me? And, um, I was like, yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm a jump. Like it, it send me, show me the cliff. Right. You know, right. let's go. And, um, for George, he processes differently. And so it was probably a year later that, um, we went to lunch together and, and George and I talked and I was like, we really, I oh know we were actually on a date. And I said, I feel like we're supposed to sell the house. And he's like, I kind of been feeling that too. And I said, let's, we said, let's pray. Let's separate for 10 days and pray about it. And then, um, we'll come back together and see if the Lord told us the same thing. Cause kind of how we figure out if we're yeah. going the right direction. Cause now we're asking for direction. Right. Before um, you're just going. Before he was just gracious to just <laughs> be like, okay, you guys come over here. Um, and we prayed about it and we both heard, um, the same thing. And so we knew we needed to sell. It took a year to sell. So in that time when it took a year to sell, are you like, 
okay, Lord, you told us to sell it, but you're not selling it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of grieving, like, oh, I mean, cleaning the house. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to miss this house so much. You know, and the stager comes in and like, what, you know, cleans out everything and you're like offended because she took all your stuff out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, like, I needed the year, like yeah. to really, Some it was, it was a, it was really a cleaning out of, of me, really. Don't you think that th- those are so, such painful I mean, I think when you see that in yourself, it's so ugly. You're like, how did I get this ugly? I mean, because I definitely struggle with the, because mm-hmm. we talked about that too, because we recently downsized and I saw really, I continue to see an ugly side of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there wasn't a reason, it was just being obedient. And so yeah. sometimes being obedient is not easy. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the Lord taught, like, it's, it's just kind of, and I, and I go back to Jonah and mm-hmm. I, I go back to like, I thought about him this week and I was like, you know, he finally did what the Lord told him to do, but then he had such a bad attitude till yeah. he died. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and so I was true. like, am I okay, Lord, I could be Jonah and I obey you, but I don't mm. want to be bitter. Like he was at the end. Yeah. That's because so good. I mean, and that to me, I was like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be bitter. Mm-hmm. Like just, okay, fine, Lord, I'll obey you. I'll do what you say. Yeah. And then just be bitter. Yeah. Like, because there could have been other things the Lord could have used Jonah through even right. more, mm-hmm. you know, but he was so bitter. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking about that when, you know, mm-hmm. when, when God tells you to be obedient, it's not always easy. No. You know, it's and, rarely. It's and rarely I am sure he's laughing at you when you're like, you know, vacuuming, yeah. like, I'm just going to miss this house. Or when I, you yeah. know, when I kind of do the same mm-hmm. kind of thing and I'm like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, but I also don't want to miss out on, and I, hopefully mm-hmm. he knows our hearts. And like, he knows that we love him more than the house, but yeah. the process is hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. the year we sold, he, um, I get a word for the year every January, just kind of like, where are you going? Or what do you mean yeah. to focus on or stand on for this year? And, um, I got, it was a covenant year and, um, it was something about the rainbow with Noah was the, was the verse. The day we sold the house, the day we signed the contract on the house, there was a rainbow outside my kitchen window. And it was just kind of like, it brought it all around to, okay, I know that I've been obedient and he's promised me good things. And so it was easier to let go. Yeah. Um, and I loved the house. We loved the house well. And we transitioned it to someone and I left her a letter and, and told her, I love this house. You know, we gave her flowers and we were just like, we wanted to transition it well and give it almost like a gift, which I know sounds funny, probably sounds funny to some people, but um, I do think there's something in um cultivating property and in in a space, you know, for yeah. the Lord. And I hope that they're blessed by the house. Like, yeah. Were, you know, so cool. Ride the day we moved. I, <laughs> I said, everyone left and I was the last one out of the driveway and I just sat there and I just bawled. And, um, then I, and then, I, and then I let it go. Yeah. A year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half later. It really helped. I mean, I, again, I love that because I love that transparency because mm-hmm. again, when you're obedient, it's not easy. And mm-hmm. like going through, there is a mourning period. Yeah. And, you know, I wish that our mourning periods were less than a year and a half or, yeah. you know, that the Lord, but like you said today, you're like, I'm not attached to anything anymore. No. And the Lord had to prune me and pruning is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and, and so I think about that and that mm-hmm. would encourage me today mm-hmm. when you said that, because I was like, I don't like this. Yeah what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like this because I know, you know, I'm being obedient yeah. and I don't like that. I'm being a pouting. Yeah. You know? I felt the same way. Yeah. I was just like, Ugh. 
And then, and then I was like, oh, I was driving because, you know, I have to drive through Roanoke, which is great in its own right, but it's not like the pretty little clock tower I used to drive past in yeah. Trophy Club. And I was just, I just felt this like, ugh. And the Lord was like, did you realize I pulled your roots up? Mm-hmm. You know, like you were rooted in identity in that house. Huh. And I pulled it up. But what I love about how he prunes is he prunes gently. He doesn't come in with a, uh, you know, like a, what do you call those? A machete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he like gently lifts up the twig. He gently cuts and and you're always better for it. Always. For sure. Yeah. And I'd do it over again. You would do it over again. Yeah. I'm so excited. So now what, so now what are you doing? So you're writing a book. Attempting. Of your story. I'm attempting. You're attempting to write a book. <laughs> yeah. Because you're empty nesting now. The yeah. kids are off yeah. at school. Yeah. Ebony lives at home. Ebony's um, at home. Yeah. But the other two are off right now. Yeah. And um, and so, and there's been, you know, disappointment with the boys and their injuries and, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. It's always a challenge. Yeah. With, you know, college sports. And so you go, they go thinking everything's going to be amazing yeah and there's challenges there yeah too. for sure yeah okay so at the end i usually ask a couple questions okay so one is what's something fun you're into right now um okay this is gonna sound silly but empty nesting yes we do couch time <laughs> what is that okay, so like, my, like, so, i remember couch time when they were little yeah because michelle because okay. you know I told michelle and she oh, my sister-in-law that you, we're mutual friends yeah we, we did baby wise and they had yeah. couch time where we had to come like when you come home you go oh, and sit on the fun. couch did you know that oh, was a thing uh-uh. so it was like this thing in parenting which i'm sure my kids called you know baby wise are growing mm-hmm. kids god's way and i'm sure my kids are going to be in therapy over it but <laughs> just like because it's very rigid but one mm-hmm. of the things they did talk about was that when your spouse came home that you are to sit on the couch and the yeah. kids can't bother you, but you have that time oh, that so you sweet. talk yeah. and then you pay attention to the kids. But it, it, it signifies to the kids that your marriage is, is number priority. one yeah. and eat, they're important, but they can't be more important than your marriage. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So is that what you do? No. Well, you so, so no. George actually got into making coffee. Okay. So he makes the best cappuccinos, like yeah. better than coffee shop. Is, they're so good. And he makes one every morning. And so that's kind of our routine. If he doesn't have to leave for work super early, he makes a coffee and we sit on the couch and we watch Good Morning America, <laughs> which sounds crazy. But, you know, when you're a mom, like we never did that. No. And when they move out, you kind of start to wonder, like, what, are, what is my life going to look like without kids? Like, right. what are we going to do? Right. And it's just been a natural progression. And um Honestly, just spending time with him right now is probably my fit, most fun thing because yes. we're just—it's like we're young again. You know, well, we got married without—we never had, had that time. kids. Like yeah. you had—I mean—and I think for Jeffrey and I, it's going to be somewhat similar because Will was like I got pregnant nine months after we were married. Yeah, and then Will was born—you know, obviously nine months. So mm-hmm. I had known Jeffrey for a total of two and a half years when we had Will. Wow. So and he traveled every Monday and came home every Thursday night. Oh, wow. From the time I met him until Will was three months old. So, like... So, you kind of... So, I kind of knew. I was like, I'm having a baby with a kid, a guy I don't really know that well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a little weird. But, so, I kind of, you know, thinking about that, like, this is kind of our newlywed time, right? Because I feel like I kind of got robbed. And you probably felt like that, too. Because I was like, usually when you're newlyweds, you come home, you cook dinner together, you you sit on the couch, you do those things. And, like, we didn't do that. 
that. By the yeah. time he was actually home, we had a three-month-old, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. like, we didn't have that time just to enjoy, yeah. you know? And yeah. so... Yeah, I'm with you. So that's yeah. kind of your time now. It is. It's what I love right now, you know? Just... Hanging together. Yeah. You know. Isn't that sweet of the Lord to give you that too, that yes. time? Yes. You know, because, you know, you probably did mourn that you didn't have that, you know, when you were first married. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, what are you reading? Um, two books right now. One's called Unpunishable by Danny Silk. Okay. Um, and it's about um, kind of the punishment versus discipline paradigm that we believe that God is. A lot of people believe God is a punisher when he's actually a disciplinarian. And discipline actually means training. Um, And so he talks about how God, when we mess up, how he pulls us closer Uh and he trains us through it um, and kind of how to do that in your own relationships, in your own life with your kids or other people. Like if someone's messing up, it's easiest for us to think like God's against them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like in Job, it says God despises no one. And so it's kind of that um, process of how do you how do you interact with someone and believe that God wants the best for them all of the time, right. no matter what they're doing. Right. That's awesome. It's a super cool book. Okay. And un, un, what was it called? Uh, Unpunishable. Unpunishable. Okay. And then I always have a fiction because they're more fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine, Kimberly Croce. Yes. She um, gave me the book, A Girl Behind the Red Rope by Ted Decker. Okay. I just started it. It's really good. The Girl Behind the Red Rope. Yeah. Okay. That's oh. so good. Okay. What is your favorite parenting advice? Okay. So you gave me this question. I know. And I've mulled over it because I'm in a space where when you have adult kids, as you may have experienced, you get to kind of see your gaps and you kind of look look, to look backwards and go, oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) My mom still does that. Really? Yes. And it drives me crazy because she's like... (gasps) well, you're that way because I didn't do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mom, <laughs> what's wrong with I me? Mean, she's like, well, I just should have made you clean your room more. She's like, I don't know. Like she'll say that like all the time. Like she's constantly like, you know, this like wave of guilt, you know, yeah. and I'm like, mom, yeah, stop. like stop doing that. I'm like, amazing. Look cause then this. I'll, I'll yeah. see that I do that too. And I'm like, stop doing that. You know? Yeah. 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 So yeah. is that what you've been doing? I'm um, not so, I mean, not so much. I, I love the way. If I can, this isn't really a pat on my back because they turned out in spite of me, but they turned out like such amazing human beings. Mm-hmm. Like I love to be around them. Mm-hmm. So they're just cool people. Yeah. Um, but you can see as we talk about things that happened or stuff like that, I was like, oh, wow, I did that. I did do that. Yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I thought it was, I, I was one of those people that always wanted to be a mom. And so I thought I was great at it. Like yeah. I was like, I'm a good mom. <laughs> um, But I think you look back in retrospect and think, you know, I could have done a lot of things better. I could have done things better for them, Mm. but they turned out great anyway. But best parenting advice, I would say, um, get a word from the Lord about who they are. So what does that mean? So, um, for me, I just, so God exists, you know, outside of space and time, right? So he knows who they are, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, who they're going to be. For me, I just asked for a scripture and um, personality traits that he saw in them. Um, I hear the Lord clearly. Some people can feel or sense, or um, you can also get it out of scripture. It's also in scripture too, but um, he gave me pictures of who they are. And um, this was in middle school and I wrote it down. I still have it today. I still stand on it today. Um, And then from there, pursue their heart at all costs. You know, behavior isn't a big deal. 
it'll, it'll change if you pursue their heart. And so, um, that looks like knowing their love language and loving them. Well, you know, when their behavior gets out of hand, deal with your own emotions about it and then come to them in love. I'm not disappointed. I love you no matter what. Let's talk it out. You know? And as adult children, that's probably harder too, right? Cause you don't really have, yeah. you don't have, you don't have the, you know, people always say, Oh, your kids are so great. I'm like, if you say that when they're 30, mm-hmm. then I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still at 30. I'll probably say it was by God's grace. Yeah. It was nothing I did, yeah. you know, yeah. because when you look back on that, you know, that's, that's so true. I, you know, my last night we went and saw Beth Moore mm-hmm. and, um, she is a family friend. Anyway, when they were little, when Will was little, he was pretty, he was kind of bad mm-hmm. and he was out of control. Like I couldn't <laughs> take him anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I go to Chick-fil-A and he'd beat mm-hmm. up the other kids like, mm-hmm. and everyone, we'd have play group and he would bite. I mean, like it just <laughs> was so bad. And when like, and so I couldn't take him anywhere and people yeah. would look at me like, can you not get control of your kid? And yeah. I would read every parenting book. I'd ask every question. I would do all this stuff and mm-hmm. like, would not work. And so, I mean, I'll never forget sitting like on the floor, holding the door like back because we had the child locks, but we put him in his room Mm -hmm. so that he couldn't get out for his nap. But like, he was still figured out. So I'm like, I'm going like this, holding the back of the door, right on the floor, pregnant with Jake, crying, going, what am I doing? Having another child? Like I'm an idiot. And so, um, and so he was crazy. And so my mom's like, well, we just call him strong will. And, you know, and Beth said, do not speak that over him. Mm-hmm. He's God's will. Mm, that's so good. And, and so we were like, yeah, he is God's will. Yeah. And so when we started speaking that over him, instead of strong will, mm-hmm. like his whole countenance changed and yeah. he's changed. And he is like, if I had to describe him now would not it, his personality is not strong willed. Yeah. It's God's will. That's I mean, like so everything he does is for the Lord before he was really strong. willed. I mean, yeah. was like, if you look up strong will in the yeah. dictionary, there's Will's picture. I mean, that's how I viewed him, mm-hmm. but now that's not how I view him. And, and what you say over them mm-hmm. really matters, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that's so cool that you had kind of those words over your kids and their personality and mm-hmm. that God showed you kind of their personality so that you could kind of parent them that way. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So, um, favorite beverage, um, in general, in general, can be whatever. Well, my, my husband's coffee. (laughs) coffee. Okay. That's a good one. (laughs) And then, um, favorite travel destination. The Palmia at Cabo San Lucas. Oh, the one and only. The one and only. Oh, that's so fun. Well, have you been to the resort of Pedregal? Yeah, we've oh well just for dinner, but okay, you need to stay there too. Yeah, and you'll see the difference. They're both amazing. Yeah, they get they took us on a tour actually. That's awesome. Through the one that was like right up on the beach. They're different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are super fun. Love those places. I'll go with you anytime you want to go. Um, and Kira has not been to Cabo. What? Yeah. So we need to go. We need to take a trip. Like there's nowhere like it. The people there are so So amazing. I know. Okay. We're booking that. Um, a favorite healthy snack or meal. Chia seed pudding. Chia seed pudding. I've never had that. It's so good. So I'm mostly low carb. Okay. Um, I give myself two carb days a week. Um, and then otherwise I'm really low carb. So chia seed pudding, just it's like coconut milk, uh-huh. chia seeds, uh-huh. and stevia, a little bit of salt. And it just like gels up uh-huh. in the refrigerator overnight. 
And um, do you like like rice pudding or tapioca? Mm-hmm. Not, it has the same texture as tapioca. Yeah. Then I put a big gulp of um, peanut butter on top and some raspberries. That's so like good. your favorite. It's so good. And chia, chia seeds has like a lot of protein in it. Is that what it's good for? It chia has protein. Seeds? It's high in fiber. Um, I okay. think it has some antioxidants. Yeah, yeah. In it it's too, in yeah. Shakeology. Shakeology has chia seeds. So I know yeah. a little bit about, but not a lot. Um, okay. And last, what's your favorite workout? Um, anything that involves strength. I'm still a Pilates instructor at the Pilates bar. Yeah. And uh, I love to strength train and I do Pilates, you know, two or three times a week because I'm teaching. So, right. You know, I have yes. to do it. And it really does Is it work. Pilates with the machine? Is that what it's we It's the reformer. Okay. Yeah. Reformer only. Pilates bar is a little different because they don't do anything off the reformer. Okay, so everything it's all is reformer. Yeah. Okay. And it's a, a fast paced Pilates. Fast so paced. it's very hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. I just <laughs> started bar and I think bar is so hard. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I've been meaning to try it at your class. You should too. come. I yeah. Come. It's so fun. I can't wait to try yeah, it. So. It's super fun. Thank you for coming Thanks and sharing your story. Me. And it's going to inspire so many people. Thank you. Sweet. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Oh, the People Will Meet. Please visit my website at funfitmom.com where you can learn more about what I do or contact me directly. If you love the podcast, would you share it with your friends and even subscribe? I'm looking forward to who we get to meet next time. Until then.